Welcome guys to Wisdom's Echo and this is Stephen McKee. Today I want to speak about oracles and I want to read first of all from 1 Peter 4 verse 11. It says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. What does it mean to speak as the oracles of God? Well, <clears throat> I think we've been very much functioning mostly in this modern charismatic era in the gift of prophecy. And I'm not saying there isn't prophets and I'm not judging anyone. So don't think I'm referring to anything that's going on in the world today in the sense of the prophetic movement. I'm not judging anyone, but what I'm saying is there's a higher level and we mostly have been functioning in the gift of um, <clears throat> prophecy. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. And whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Prophecies shall fail. What does that mean? Well, the word fail means abolish, cease, um, destroy, do away, become, make of no um, effect. Fail, lose, bring, come to naught, put away, vanish away, make void. When that which is perfect has come. There are, we've always known there's a difference between a gift of prophecy and a prophet. And that's amazing, but I want to use the word oracle. And I don't want to just replace the word prophet with the word oracle. Sometimes we just think, if we just replace the word, then we're being radical and we're somehow moving in something greater than the prophetic movement, when actually all we've done is replace the word. But what I'm saying today is I believe it all my heart that there is a higher level, a deeper level of being an oracle. And to be an oracle, I believe, first of all, you're speaking the very words of God. You, I mean, why is it? I've said this before. Why is it that Old Testament prophets can get it 100% accurate? Like Samson, not not Samson, Samuel. Not one word fell to the ground. Not one. Now we could say, we could say that yeah, that was because it was for scripture, and and obviously that's true. It was for scripture, and scripture cannot be um, a mixture of false and true. It's got to be one hundred percent accurate. But <clears throat> the scripture I just read says, "But when that which is perfect has come." So what is it that's perfect? What is it? that's to come that's perfect. Can we possibly walk in that? Ephesians 4, 11, 15 tells us what that perfect is, I believe. And it's something that God has been dreaming for a long time. It's beyond just seeing in part. It's beyond just prophesying in part. It's beyond just the gifts. And to me, it's beyond um, where we are where we're just prophesying something and misunderstanding some of it and getting some of it wrong. I believe there's a level of oracle where there is nothing wrong. It's, it's the unadulterated word of the Lord. Why is it we can't have the word of the Lord in the new covenant? If they can have it in the old covenant and it came in perfection in a sense, why can't we? Because we have got the fullness of Christ available to us. So Ephesians 4, 11, 15 says, and he himself gave, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is a key part. Until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God 
to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. To a perfect man, when that which is perfect has come, then it's not going to be just us prophesying in part, seeing in part, just... Yes, we are human in one sense, but we have been born again, born from above. We are a new creation, a new creation altogether, never been seen before. Um, Kainos, Kairos, whatever the word is. <laughs> new um, creation. And I'm convinced that there's a level that we need to go to, that God is calling us to. We can see prophecy failing, we can see things not happening as we thought it would. And again, I'm not referring to anything in specific in, in, in specifically. I'm talking about in general. There's a level that is, to me, even in the prophetic movement, when different, been, yeah, I was part of different churches just like you have. And, and I'm not mocking anybody, but the highest level we've got a lot of times is someone seeing a flower or someone seeing a, a garden or someone seeing something that's all good and it's maybe we need to start there maybe that's just part of growing you, you have to learn as a baby like a baby has to learn baby steps before it can run before it can grow up and drive a car absolutely but there's got to be a level of maturity where we can go way beyond that and it's not just general prophetic words that anybody could interpret for anything and say well that's it came to pass that's what they do with Nostradamus in a way because they can just apply it to whatever um, <clears throat> stage in history we want and say, well, that could mean that and it could mean this. Like, prophecy is supposed to be far greater than that. Like, the Celtic saints walked in this. Like, St. Columba. He would know who was coming to the island of Iona. He would know their name. He would know why they were there. He would know the motives of their heart. He would be able to discern with complete accuracy the reason they were there. And he could prophesy and tell his, one of his servants, or whatever he called the person, I'm not sure, go to the, this part of the island, there's someone coming in a, a boat, and they, they are here to steal something. And he would know these things in fullness. It was more than just a little um, picture. Sometimes we've lowered the prophetic so much that it's became, it's not even prophetic. I mean, you could probably go to a psychic and they'd be more accurate. And, and obviously the psychic's the wrong source. But what I'm saying is there's a deeper level, a higher level. And it's not just proclaiming the future or prophesying the future. It's speaking with power. It's speaking that which has been legislated in heaven. It's speaking that which is the predestined plan for the time we live in. It's speaking the fullness of that plan into being, into existence. And it's also speaking with such conviction of the Holy Spirit, with the fear of the Lord upon your lips. Like Charles Finney, Charles Finney, um, when he spoke, he said himself, he had to whisper because even the sweetest sounds of the gospel would cut men to the heart. There's something they had on their voice. There's something they had in the, in the sense of they spoke as the oracles of God. They spoke with authority. They spoke with power. It's like their words were like a sword. When you see a picture of Christ in heaven in the book of Revelation, it says his eyes were like fire, his hair was like wool, but a sword came out of his mouth. There's a level where we can have like a sword coming out of our mouth and pierces the hearts of the hearer. And this can be for evangelism, the gospel, but it can also just be in general where we are speaking the very words that take us into the depths of Christ, the depths of the mysteries of Yahweh. And 
to be quite frank, I don't see it on the earth right now. And I'm not pointing fingers because I don't have it either, but I'm looking for it. I've had tastes of it. I've seen it sometimes, just maybe for a brief amount of time where I've been speaking and your words are like an arrow, your words are like a sword. And Charles Finney had this, where he could just speak and people were cut to the heart. There was a man, I never knew him, but he was in the apostolic church that I grew up in. And he knew the Lord so deeply. You see, part of this is intimacy, really knowing the God and Yahweh in a deep, deep way, really taking time to be with him, not out of legalism, but out of love and desire for to know him, to be like him, to be filled with him. And this man was like that. And it, it, people said about him, when he spoke, he could speak to you like an atheist, learned, educated man. And you could try all day and speak to that atheist man and try and convince him that Christ is the way and that he needs to be saved and he would not listen. But this man could just say the words, Jesus. And there was so much power in his words that learned men would fall in their face and cry out to God and weep. Just one word, Jesus. There's a story, I think it's Maria Woodworth Abra, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, so don't quote me on this. But the, this revivalist, and I think it was a woman, and I think some of these people we think is the old, but actually some of them tapped into something of the powers of the age to come. And this woman would just stand in the platform at the pulpit, and with such authority and power on her words, she would just say, you must be born again. That's all. Not a message, not a sermon, not five points in a poem, not even lovely um, atmospheric music, which I love, but just the words, you must be born again. And such power on her words, such authority, such cutting edge presence that people would be weeping and crying out to God for mercy. George Whitefield had something of this, where he could speak and people would be trembling, people would be shaking, people would be falling off their chairs, being slain in the spirit. And it said that he could speak and people could supernaturally hear his voice a mile and a half away without any amplification. Such power, such authority, such glory on the voice. And I really believe that what God is provoking us to, when we see the, the prophetic, when we see what's going on, when what we see in, like where we're at, I remember growing up again in apostolic church and God used them to really reintroduce the whole um, revelation of the government of God on earth, the apostles and prophets. And... We can look back again and say, well, that was the old and we're moving into something new. Let me tell you, they had something of this oracle, mantle, anointing, whatever you want to call it, upon them. To such an extent, for example, my, my grandpa, who got born again in the street um, because of, there was a Welsh pastor there, they were having an open-air meeting and the Holy Spirit told him to kiss my grandpa in the face or the head, I can't remember, and he got radically saved. He was an old drunk who would sell the children's clothes to get money for alcohol. And so just not long after that, he walked into an apostolic meeting. And then no one knew him. The prophet didn't know him. 
knew nothing about him. And the prophet prophesying began to speak like an oracle, if you like, and said to my servant Miller, that was my grandpa's name, Bob Miller, to my servant Miller, and began to tell him about his life, what he was to do. He was to be an elder in a church in a village in, in southwest Scotland. And the prophet, or the oracle, whatever you want to call it, began to say, if you take the, the tobacco out of your pocket and throw it into the into the fire, I forget, there was, they had some sort of fire for the heating system, <clears throat> then you will never need to smoke again. Like, they knew everything about him. They knew the, the, what was going on in his life. So he took the tobacco out of his pocket, threw it into the fire and burned it, and was completely set free and never, ever needed it again. What is that? That is speaking as an oracle. That's speaking the word of the Lord. I believe there's a difference between the word of the Lord and the gift of prophecy that we see in the, in the church today. Because the gift of prophecy, I believe, comes, as it, as it says in Scripture, we see in part, we prophesy in part. It's very earthly. But the oracle, um, anointing, mantle, whatever you want to call it to me, is like the word of the Lord. And I really believe as we die to ourselves, and that's a huge part of it, we need to die to ourselves. Why? Otherwise, we are prophesying our own opinions sometimes, or we can prophesy our own agenda, or we can prophesy what we think is happening because we've got parts of the puzzle. But as an oracle, you're dead to self. It's not your opinion. You can prophesy something even if you don't like it because it's the word of the Lord. And we need to tap into this. We need to go after this. We need to be ones who walk in this realm of holiness so that we can only speak that which the Lord is speaking. Not adding to it, not taking away. Not prophesying in part, but prophesying through that fullness of Christ, the fullness of Yahweh, where it's not our agenda, our ideological stance, it's not our political opinion, it's the word of the Lord. And we we don't have a say in it whatsoever because Yahweh sees the full picture. He sees the future. He sees what's happening. He knows his plans, even though that they are higher than ours and we don't always understand them because it does not work out the way we think. But we as oracles must speak the word of the Lord, no matter whether it's um the whether the crowd like it or not, we must follow Yahweh and go after this so that we can be the oracles that the Lord is raising up in these days, messengers of his throne. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this, guys. This is um, Stephen McKee and this is Wisdom's Echo.